to the rugby rant. It's RPK time, baby. It's Monday night. You fans know what, what it's all about. And I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, we got uh, Stan Southlock from OGs. Uh, Stan, welcome to the show. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, it's great to have you on. You know, we, we, we've, we've had uh, Mo Katz on. We've had Callan Gibbons on. We've had Chris and Paul from the ownership group on. So it's a pleasure to have you. We love uh, when the OGs come on to rep and, and it's uh, just say thank you. We know you guys don't have much time and, and you know, we're, we're kind of buzzing on that. But anyway, guys, it's RPK time. I think, I think we all know that. I think uh, me and Hammer, it, Rob, are you wearing Utah gear as well? Uh, absolutely. I just uh, was sent this from uh, the rugby shop, Kurt, and they power shop MLR. I love this jumper. I got a little sun. You can't tell. I got a little sunburn when I was at a oh. high school rugby match yesterday. So um, <laughs> it's, it's a fine jumper. And, and if I think uh, Stan's wearing a pretty nice polo there. and They have some of those available in a variety of sizes there at uh, shop MLR as well. Definitely go pick one up. Perfect sizes as well. Yeah, well, and yours yeah, fits a little better than mine does. I mean, you fill yours out. I'm, you know, a 50-year-old man. I don't fill mine out so well. Uh, I'm trying to, mate. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I'm repping uh, Utah as well. Um, everybody knows this is my favorite hat. Uh, if you don't know that, you, you haven't been watching the show long. Um, but please go to shopmlr.com, powered by the Rugby Shop, for all of your MLR gear. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Rob to let you guys know how the run passer kick works in case you've, you, you haven't seen one of these before. Thank you very much, Scott. First of all, uh, welcome to the show, Stan. It's a pleasure to have another lock. You know, that's where I started my business when I was playing rugby. So I always appreciate uh, the fine artistry of a lock and the line-out jumper. Um, Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I'm going to run down what the run, pass, or kick interview style uh, is like for those who are uninitiated. Basically, we're going to ask a, uh, Stan a bunch of questions, and each question is going to be prompted by run, pass, or kick. Stan has some choices. Just like any good rugby player, he has to be quick on his feet, has to be thinking a little bit, and make some decisions. So first decision he has to make is he's going to run, pass, or kick a question. He'll let us know what he wants to do. If he runs with it, it means he's going to go ahead and pick the pick the question up and go ahead and run with it and take it, take it up the gut and answer it. Uh, if he decides to pass it, it's because he does. You know, he might not want to make a teammate angry, so he's not going to answer the question altogether. He's just going to go ahead and pass it, or he can go ahead and have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defensive, and kick a question to us. Uh, and all that means is we're going to have to answer in Stan uh, in a way that we think Stan would answer. Um, and Stan, um, if you don't identify who you want to answer uh, and kick it to. Um, then we'll assume it's whoever. Ask the question. Otherwise, again, you can have a little fun with us and direct your kick in any way you want because uh, we know that's part of the tactics in rugby. you got to find the gap, find the space, and have a little fun. Put your uh, opposition on the two. Yeah, find the weak points. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of weak points over there. If you uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and before we get into the questions, I just want to go over for those of you guys who may not know Stan or who don't follow the OGs, you know, Stan's uh, rugby career, um, pretty impressive here. Let me just shout out his teams real quick. Harlequins, who just came, had a big playoff win this weekend. Chiefs, Edinburgh, Breve, Old Glory, uh, England under 20s, in which 2016 he won the world, uh, the world under 20 championships with that team. Um, so, you know, we're not just talking to any old slub like me and Rob here. We're talking to uh, <laughs> a pretty, a pretty decent, decent rugby player in that, re in that respect. So uh, Stan, you ready for the challenge? Yeah. I mean, I can't really beat that intro. It makes me sound real good now, aren't you? <laughs> well, uh, uh, so, okay. So I tell you what, we'll take you down a notch with the first question. It, it'll be our pleasure. Cool. If yeah. you will. Um, yeah, and uh, here in a moment, Scott's going to put up a, a photo uh, but let me prompt this a little bit. You attended uh, Whitgift School. Ironically, yeah. uh, also attended Stanley Park High School and um, John uh, McGlasson College. Uh, these are all private schools that take discipline seriously. We are sure of that. We are sure. So run, pass, or kick. Uh, was this picture uh, basically um, the headmaster's brand of punishment for a school prank? Uh, so – that one was at Stanley Park. Stanley Park wasn't uh, a private school. That was actually a state school. Um, okay. So, yeah, that one's at Stanley Park. That was, I think I was year eight. 
So yeah, I was pretty young there, but no, the headmaster, the headmaster didn't like me, but the, the deputy did. He was a he was a rugby player himself, so I got along well with him. I stayed on his good side. <laughs> what? That's great. We gotta ask, what you do? What you do to irritate the headmaster? Oh, I think it was just my annoying self. I was bored in class. I was just bored in class the whole time. I just wanted to be out playing rugby. Gotcha. Well, we can appreciate that for sure. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, and believe it or not, you know, Rob, Rob works in a, in a high school. Rob, are you, what, are you one of the deans of discipline? What, what's your other title there besides a teacher? Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm uh, this next year, I'm going to be a, a, a dean full time. So I'm essentially going to take the responsibility or duties of a headmaster. So I have to deal with guys like Stan all the time. <laughs> I feel sorry for you, mate. I feel sorry. If anyone's acting like how I was in school, I do feel sorry for you. <laughs> That's right. We, we we have our fun with the we have our fun with kids. Eventually, end up in a good place. So, it are it'll be all right. Uh, next year is going to be fun with those knuckleheads. So, I got the next question, Stan. So, our partner Ty, who unfortunately could be uh, with, here with us today, he grew up in South Africa, and as rugby rant fans know, uh, he often tells the story of playing rugby in his bare feet and you know cold grass and all that stuff. Um, so. Run, pass, or kick. What was your first exposure to rugby? Uh, I'll run it. I'll run out the gut. Um, my first exposure, I was watching my old man play play rugby. Um, not at a high level. He was playing threes for, I think it was Oval Countians. Um, and there was more fighting than there was rugby. So <laughs> I think uh, I, I learned a lot, of my, a lot of my rugby through my dad. So that was definitely more, more my first expo- exposure to rugby was, um, yeah, 40-year-old men trying to hit each other on a Saturday and then having a beer afterwards. <laughs> well, I guess it's not a bad way to learn the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's done me well so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least at least you know how to defend yourself, right? Yeah, I tried to. So, um, you know, <clears throat> obviously, as Scott talked about, you have a pretty extensive CV. You've played and and with many different clubs and probably one of the most, most significant um, accomplishments of, of your young career was in 2016, as Scott mentioned, you were a critical member of England's U20 World Rugby Championship team with England. Uh, run, pass, or kick, aside from winning the tournament, what made that experience um, unique? Uh, I'm going to kick it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it over to the hammer. I'll, I'll pass it over to you. You, you, quit, you. you question me, I'll give it back to you. Well, um, given that you guys were all you know, U20s uh, and probably had a lot of piss and vinegar in your in your uh, nature, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, shenanigans, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, getting into a little trouble, a lot of causing the uh, team manager to, to get his dander up and get a little frustrated, uh, frustrated on occasion. Um, perhaps you guys were out on the piss a night or two, maybe. Uh, but th- that, that makes for all good fun, you know, when you're, when you're experiencing the game with your friends and mates and, and enjoying the social side of rugby. Uh, so, um, th- those are the unique, unique experiences going on tour. A- and my guess is you guys probably had the uh, kangaroo court at some point, which is always fun when you're on tour. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're not far off to be honest. You're not far <laughs> off. I mean, you, you put... You put 25, 30 lads all together in a hotel for three weeks, you know there's always going to be something that's going to kick off. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, going to the to the reception, to, uh, saying you're in somebody else's room, getting a key, to their, and then go into their room, tip it upside down. Uh, and in the end, it, it turned into a lot of people bar- barricading their doors. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, we didn't actually get into a lot of piss-ups um, during, this, during the, whole, the whole three weeks. We... Um, we were completely sober, and then obviously after we won it, we 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 went for a big night out, um, and we were, we we're lucky enough as well. We're we're in Manchester, we're in England, so we uh, we had a few boys that were fairly local and definitely knew all the best places to go. That's awesome. It's always it's always good to have that local that those local guys, um, and uh, Ty Braga uh, joining us real quick. Uh, Hammer has the guns out. He's very excited about your. Uh, the guns there, Rob. Um, just wanted to give my boy Ty a shout out. Um, next, so I got the next question. So, you played for Exeter Chiefs in 2019, and one year prior for their double, you know, their double championship. Um, run, pass, or kick. Which teammate had the most significant impact on your rugby at Exeter? 
Uh, I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass it. You know, oh. it, it's a it's a very tight knit squad, um, mm-hmm. and it's once you're in there, it's you, you feel you really do feel like a family. Um, so it's a really really good place to be. I wouldn't say anyone was anyone was horrible. Everyone's very welcoming, and sort of once you're in the family, you're in the family. And you know, um, I was quite unlucky the way I had to leave. Um, I got put out on loan, um, and then I, I played on the weekend, and then had to. Uh, I had to go up to Edinburgh that, that weekend, so I didn't really get to say bye to a lot of people. Um, but it was, yeah, definitely one of the best clubs I've been to. Yeah, and and obviously they've really established a pretty good tradition there in the Prem. Um, they've had a few good years, even after the championship. They're playing really high levels of rugby. Um, so you, you know, you're you're always able to find that guy on the team that that every one of them contribute in some way to your development, whether it's a little, you know, a little. Uh, uh, suggestion here or comment there or something, you know, it would help you in the weight session or something with your nutrition or diet um, that, that really motivates you and moves you along. So it, I agree. It's, it's, it's hard to identify just, you know, one teammate that that's the most significant for sure. Uh, they all help you develop in one way or another, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a culture where you accept that you're wrong sometimes. And if you're wrong, you accept it and you move on and you improve from it. Um, but you don't take it personally. You know, everyone's there to improve, to win the premiership, to win the European championship. So everyone's there to improve. And if someone thinks they can help help you, then you take it on the gym. If that means that you, you look silly for a little bit, then so be it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, I, I'm sorry, I got to tell this story. Uh, so real quick, speaking of Exeter, it's my son. My son plays. He's in college. He plays. He loves Exeter. And uh, they win the double, right? And he's all excited. So he orders. He wants a shirt, right? So I order him a shirt. And uh, it's right around um, it's it's right around April Fool's, right? So the shirt comes in the mail, and he's not home. So my younger son, who loves to take the mickey out of Preston, uh, takes us, and he signs. He, he finds Stuart Hogg's name, signature, oh, and he copies yeah. it. Right. And then he he is able to like slide it in the package. Right. So it says nice. like best wishes. And then it's Stuart Hogg and then he finds his cap number from Scotland. He puts it on there and he sticks it in there. And like and and he waits for a whole year. Because he doesn't want to get his ass kicked while his brother's home during the pandemic. He wants to wait till the following year to April Fool's him, you know, and let him know because he'll be at school then, right? So yeah. uh, and and the whole year, my older son's thinking he's got Hoggy's uh, Hoggy's signature on a on a little postcard there. <laughs> he goes find out the next year. He's freaking out. There's nothing he can do about it. He wants to kick his little brother's ass, and he can't because he's uh, you know, 250 miles away. It was excellent. Uh, it was a great good effort. Uh, that's, that's a hell of a long shift as well. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is. I can't believe you never told me that one before, Rob. Oh yeah, it was excellent. And okay. and actually, the funniest part of it is originally he was going to do. Uh, he found Damian McKenzie, and I go, listen, Damian McKenzie does not play for that Chiefs team. He plays for the Chiefs team <laughs> down in Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> that be- yeah. That's a slightly different one. Yeah, he'll figure that one out right away. So. Oh, you know. God. So, it, but it was most excellent. It was, it was fun between the the brothers, you know. And I know you have a brother, Stan. So I'm sure you guys have taken the Mickey out of each other a few times. Yeah, I've got two older brothers. Um, they're both they're a year apart, and I'm I'm four years younger. So it was always me who's taking the uh, taking the beatings from them. I was going to say they never play pranks on you. They probably just kicked your ass every once in a while, right? Yeah, pretty much, mate. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, we're going to move forward with the questions. Uh, you played uh, in several foreign countries: France, Scotland, the United States. Uh, run, pass, or kick. Of these three, which off-field experience have you enjoyed the most? Uh, I'll run it. Um, actually, no, I'll kick it. I'll kick it over to the big guy, Scott. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let you think. What do you think, mate? I I would say France, and the reason being, I just finished reading uh, James Haskell's book, and he was taught when he talks about his experience playing in France. He, he was like it was almost like the wild rest of rugby outside of you know outside of him playing. So I just find it interesting that you're you know you're in France and you see the crowds that they get in France are are very intense. So I can just wonder, you know, if they recognize you on the street, what kind of night out you're going to have. So I would say France. Uh, 
I, I've played in France when you have the big crowds, but unfortunately it's not. I went over to France. I played in Brive during COVID. Oh, um, so I, we, were in, we were still in lockdown. So I could only travel from, from my apartment to the training ground, and that was it. Oh. So unfortunately it wasn't. I would have loved to. Um, I'd probably say it's the US, mate. Um, you know, where we are in DC, well, we live in, um, in Virginia. We're so lucky where we are. We go into, into the capital and it's, uh, it's so good, the history there. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's just being able to go out and about. And, you know, you, you can go to, to every different state and it's pretty much like going to a new country. Yeah. Um, so during, during, during the off season, I want to go traveling around a few of the states. You know, I think I've been to, to eight so far. So, you know, I want, I want to keep it going. Two more to go, baby. 42 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> Only a few. It won't take me that long, will it? No. I mean, shoot, you hit New England. You could do, you could do all in New England in one day if you just stayed at one an hour. You can hit Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. You could probably hit it all in a day. Oh, it's sweet. I just drive all around them and just say, I've been there. There you go. There. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, speaking of COVID, you were talking about, you know, uh, playing and breathe during COVID. Um, with the shutdown, um, you had to refocus your options outside of rugby. Your brother helped you become involved in the, um, the tree surgery business, which is interesting. I love I love landscaping. I have a, a family member who does that, you know, for a living. Um, he, he's a, a – he draws out people's – how people want their landscape um, when they – build your house and uh so run run past your kick um give us your elevator pitch on why this makes such an interesting profession oh, i'll run it 100 um, it's it's probably my first job outside of rugby and it's something i found that i love just as much if not more um you know it's physical you're outside and you're you're there with once again well for me it was family but then also i had a couple of good mates there as well so for me Ideal. I know I couldn't work in an office, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down well. I'd probably last two minutes, and I'd go stir crazy. Um, it's probably why I've got in trouble with the headmaster at school as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's just. It, I can't explain it. I went to work every day with a smile on my face, and I think it's very rare for people to be able to do that. Um, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to be be able to do what I what I started doing as my first job. Um, and still doing it so you know I wake up I realize how lucky I am and and some people don't um, I just think tree surgery is you get to play with big machines and <laughs> most of the time they want to try and kill you so you always got that bit of adrenaline around you um, so yeah I, anybody who wants to go out enjoy nature um, you're not always just cutting down trees you're there to preserve them as well you know um, we always get the, everybody thinking that we, we just want to cut down trees. We don't. We want to sustain the life. But, yeah, uh, if anybody needs any tree surgery jobs, FPS Arborist, let them know. Uh, I'll, I'll drop a little link down below or something as well. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That's the next picture, Rob. Next time we have Stan on, we need him, like, you know, in the cab of a front-end loader with a, a strap to a tree pulling it down or something. That will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of videos on my Instagram as well. <laughs> Well, I have to check those out, and and again, we'll link you for link that in for sure. Um, it's you know, and by the way, there's a there's a big need for that here in the states. I, you know, a lot of people are looking to when they're doing as Scott said, they're landscaping. They really want to preserve a lot of those trees in nature to really enhance their their yard. So, you know, if you love the states and you love tree surgery, maybe you have a a profession here when you have to hang up the boots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. During the time yeah. off, I've been speaking to a few people as well, seeing if they need a, need a hand um, when I'm outside of the season as well. So hopefully, hopefully someone uh, needs a hand and I can go and help. I have three trees down on the property right now. So you can come right up to New York in the off season. <laughs> Perfect. And you can hit three States in the process too. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. My off season's already silted, lads. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> tell, tell Paul and Chris you'll be late for next season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, after COVID uh, shut down, you, you know, I, I read an article. Joe Harvey, one of our friends, he's been on the show, talked a little bit about, um, you know, how. Uh, kind of opportunities developed here in the States uh, to come to old glory. So run past her kick, um, you know, tell fans, how did this opportunity to come play for old glory DC come about? 
Um, obviously, I did a couple of years in the Premiership in, in England, and I wanted to, to use rugby to travel around the world. You know, I've been to a fair few countries playing there, um, but I also wanted to, I was interested in France, Japan, and then obviously um, the MLR started become more and more popular. Um, I wanted to give it a go, you know, somewhere where the league's not quite as big as it will be in the future. And I mean, from seeing it from the beginning of this year to where it is now, it's leaps and bounds ahead already. So obviously with, with all pretty much every single game being on TV, it's going to, it's going to get out there. And I mean, if there's, if there's one place to grow a sport, it's definitely America. Um, so, you know, I was, I was really excited. It's a good challenge. Um, and I, I like being put out, out of my comfort zone. So uh, for me, it was ideal, sort of a no-brainer. Yeah, you talk about fans. Uh, Ty, our good buddies watching from home, and and I'm going to kind of take his question a little bit and tweak it. Um, you know, as, as far as the, the fans that are at the game, how do the American fans uh, there at OG – uh, compared to the fans you've experienced in other countries, like in France or like in uh, the UK or, or, or experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in France. Well, oh, I did. I, I played against Claremont um, in the yeah, yeah. Champions Cup, uh, which was that's a that's a pretty mad stadium. Um, it's real steep. It's a real steep stadium, so it's it's really enclosed. I mean, you struggle to hear each other on the pitch. Um, so I think France, France, when it gets loud, France is pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a couple of a uh, couple of teams in the Premiership like um, Leicester and uh, Gloucester. They're uh, they're pretty pretty hard places to go. You got the uh, the shed down at Gloucester, and uh, mm -hmm. my my first I played you know, Harlequins. I was 18 years old. I came on, and my first thing was to do a line out. Uh, in front of the shed, I didn't hear the call and messed up the call, so it wasn't a great introduction to professional rugby. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch! Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best. Uh. So it's <laughs> great. That's all. It's a far cry from what uh, uh, Scott or I ever experienced. We we yeah. had no problems hearing the calls over the fans. Yeah, I like, I like his the first experience of professional rugby. I totally screwed up because the set the 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 crowd was loud. My first experience <laughs> rugby was we didn't have enough guys to play, and we had to get girls. We had to get people from uh, uh, we get girls from the girls team to play men's with us, so we had enough guys. To play the team. Yeah, that's good effort. Solid. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a time out here and uh, pay some bills and thank one of our uh, thank one of our sponsors, Tighthead Brewing. Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch and enjoy rugby. Uh, at Quality Ales and Quality Lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, and the heart of Lake County, owner Brewster and the tight end staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tight end staff room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. Head to tight end on Saturday, June 26 at 8 p.m. to see the NOLA Gold travel to the New England Free Jacks. The watch parties will happen every week throughout the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So, um, yeah, th thanks for indulging us in that one. We have to, you know, like I said, pay one of our, pay our bills and thank a sponsor. They're a great sponsor to us. They really do a nice job. Uh, if you're in the Chicago area, Stan, visiting uh, parts of the United States, uh, come in, give me a holler. I'll take it a tight head. They have some great craft beers um, and, and, a, and a, like barrel aged, oak barrel aged stuff. I mean, it's really uh, great stuff. Um, oh, you have me a beer. <laughs> well, uh, then <laughs> yeah. maybe this next question is a gimme. Uh, we're going to go right into the quick tap. Uh, so, you know, you choose one or the other, and I'm going to lead right off. Uh, hit straight for the heart from what it sounds like. After the match, relax. Uh, Kalana Kilty, Irish Whiskey, or OGDC, Scottish Red Ale? Uh, ale. Ale? Had me okay. Yeah, Maybe. ale. Yeah, it's, it's easier to drink, easier to down as well. <laughs> He's pounding. He's pounding. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. All right. 
I was I was trolling a little bit for this one, and I found on your uh, Facebook page uh, you're a Big Bang Theory watcher. So Big Bang Crush, Penny or Bernadette? Penny. Okay. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll quite work with me and Bernadette. Bernadette's a bit too small. <laughs> it would be would be like an unusual match, right? Like a yeah. a, a, a Great Dane and a little you know Scotty or something, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm guessing I'm the Great Dane, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the term jitterbug. Somebody with fast feet. So a better jitterbug, uh, Renata Roberts, uh, Tanana, or uh, Demonte Noble. Renz. Yeah. Renz, Renz is deceptively, deceptively good. He can do it at any pace. He can do it fast and slow, um, and it makes you trip over yourself. Okay. Yeah. He's that sounds a lot of. Man, that sounds like somebody who got crossed up and practiced one too many times. I, it was never on film, so you can't prove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is kind of funny. You talked about traveling the United States and seeing part of the country. Um, so what's on your must-see bucket list while you're in the States? The Grand Canyon or Mount Rushmore? Uh, Mount Rushmore. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be pretty good. It's It's – Yes, yeah, East Coast, isn't it? Mount Rushmore. No, they're, no, they're both, out, both out. Oh, they're both west. Oh, well, that's bad, isn't it? Glad I didn't go up East Coast looking for it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go Mount Rushmore. It'll be, that'll be pretty interesting. Definitely. Okay, now we're, we'll hit the East Coast with this one. Better <laughs> monument, Lincoln or Jefferson Memorial? Uh, Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln, you get you get the uh, you get the view all the way down the mall. Yeah. I, I got one, I got one, Stan. You got to take your significant other or whoever you're seeing to the Jefferson Memorial at night when the sun's going down. Okay, it's perfect. That's true. I'll bear that in mind. I'll bear that in mind. True. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking time for the quick tap. I think Scott, you're going to pick up the next one in our RPK. Yeah, I think that was the quickest quick tap ever. He was like, he was on it. He was like. Didn't have to think about it much. That was awesome. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking about OGs. We're talking about new country, new team, uh, new teammates. So run, pass, or kick. Who is your favorite OG teammate to hang out with during a bye week? Uh, <laughs> there's a couple, actually. Um, Max Lum is definitely up there. Um, mm -hmm. He's a guy you can have a few beers with and just – Stay chilled and have a meal, um, or or you go turbo and, and have a good night and see the sunrise. Um, so he's he's one of the guys where you you, you, you never know what you're going to get that night. It all just depends on how you're both feeling, and then uh, it's either sky high or or see you in the morning. <laughs> um, and then uh, Dante as well. Dante's a, a a pretty loose cannon. He uh, he. Yeah, he, he likes his beer. We'll say that he likes his beer. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you could uh, like half the guys they played rugby with. You could say the same thing about you know. You just <laughs> take hey, them out one night on the piss, and that's it. You're gonna. Uh, have it's never time. a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. See, I always feel like you got to pick a front row guy because at least you know you'll go out to dinner at a good restaurant, and then after you're drunk, you'll go out to a good place after that because you know they know every good spot around. What, what sort of good place are you talking about afterwards? Well, I mean, any type of food place, food truck, taco uh, stands. Come on, they're front row. They, they can <laughs> find any place that has great food. Yeah, you're they always me, got a good nose on them. That's what I'm saying. You're telling me Longwell hasn't figured out probably everything in Virginia that he can go, you know, taste at? Oh, him and Jamie. Him and Jamie are the two people to go to about food. <laughs> 100%. All right, um, we're going to have a little fun with this one, too. Maybe, maybe make you play some favorites here. Uh, let, let's say you're the captain of the OGDC Backyard Game of Touch, and you have the first pick. Run, pass, or kick. Who are you taking with that first pick? Uh, yeah, my, yeah, Renz. Renz, well, yeah. yeah. We, he's got the footwork. He's got the skill. He, he sells it with the eyes, so – I'm a, yeah, I'll go Reds, 100%. <laughs> I mean, yeah, gets, yeah. He gets a lot of love. He's getting love from you. He's getting, he got love from Brianna Kim a couple weeks ago, man. He's getting a lot of love from, from the fans in OG. 
there's a there's not a bad bone in that geezer's body. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's yeah. You can't go wrong with the the guy with the fastest feet, or you pick a guy that has like a temper that you know will will even though it's a game of <laughs> will lay somebody out on the first hit and set the tone Jam- right. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. He had 100%. him right there. He had him right there. Uh, during training, there's no such thing to touch with Jammer. Um, we have a question a question from a fan, uh, our buddy Daryl, who watches the show often. Um, he, I'm going to put it on screen here, and then I'll, I'll read it. He says, um, Stan, how have you found the MLR um, competition? Like, how is it different? Is it different from the speed, physicality standpoint, or the competition standpoint from, from the Prem and, and, you know, from where you've played? Um, physically, I'll, I'll say it's pretty much on par. You know, there's some big boys there. Um, a big thing that makes a difference is the 4G pitches, like the Astro. Um, mm-hmm. So when we went down and played Houston, and that was the first time I played on grass since we were here. Um, oh, it was so nice. My body actually felt really good after the game. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Astro turf makes, it, makes a big difference. Um, I think, obviously, the, the depth in the squad, in squads all around the league, they're not, just, they're not quite there yet. So... Um, obviously, you're, you're getting a few filter club, club clubs coming in now. So once those filter clubs start coming in and they start progressing, then obviously it allows um, the the MLR teams to to improve as well. Um, but it is there, and I mean, what we four years in the MLR, four or five years in. So yep. I mean, to where we are now, I think I think it's real good, and I mean, you see, it in another five years' time, I think it's going to be class. Me too, and I think you're right. You know, the academy systems are up and running. You know, I've got to see a bunch of the Rooney Academy play, and and those 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 kids are really doing well and working the system and and learning the Marty Veal system of how to play rugby. And you know, we'll see if anybody gets a call up with internationals. But speaking of where we are now, um, you know, in uh, this season, OGs moved their operation out to Leesburg, Virginia. Um, for those fans that don't know or haven't been there before, run pass or kick? What? What kind of setup is it like? Like, how does the pitch look? What What do you like about the Segra Field? Um, I genuinely say it's the best 4G pitch that is in the league. Hundred percent. It's It's a new pitch. It's It's decently long. It takes a a proper scrumming stud, so that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've also got the stands all the way around, 360 degrees around the field, and it just encloses. Um, and it's just it's It's a good day out, and it's. The annoying thing is it's a bit too far out from DC. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get there, the energy is buzzing. Um, and then the fans that are there at the moment, I don't think we've fully sold out yet, but we're getting close. Um, and it's, it's already loud. It's, it's loud. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like when, when we get a full sellout. It's going to be, it's going to be the dogs. Now, now, what's again, for fans, what's the setup like as far as um, the training facilities and – uh, the players' housing and those pieces. How do those how do those compare with with some of your other experiences? Give us your address, Dan. We want to come visit. Give it loud. <laughs> well, hey, once again, if you're down in DC, mate, let me drop me a line and I'll take you out for a few for a few beers. Okay. No worries. I'll see if I can get out there. My brother lives over there in Maryland, so uh, perfect. We'll, we'll make the commute. Um, no, yeah, our training facilities class. Um, so we're at the St James, um, a full indoor pitch. Um, a full, yeah, it's got a full uh, American size um, American football pitch inside. So we got that, and then we got a pool, um, our own changing rooms. You know, it's it's state of the art, and we got our own gym there as well. So everything's all together. So our our gym's out in Springfield, and then obviously we train, uh, we play out in uh, play out in Leesburg. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the St James, you know, they've been really welcoming, held, kept us uh, fit and healthy. So. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's a, it's better. It's probably the best. Well, it's saying a lot, and that's and it's good to hear that even in the, you know this early in the in, in the MLR, um, you know, evolution that uh, players like yourself coming from the pedigree that you do and 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 uh, some of the places that you played uh, that you have very positive things to say about not only the playing facility but also the practice and training facility as well. It really bodes well for the league. It's good to hear. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, you, so let's let's talk a little bit more about that. You come from a country and a system which teams are geographically compact. You know, you don't have to travel very far to play another team in the prem. Um, run, pass, or kick. How much of a challenge is it to go on the road in the United States 
given the massive travel required? Yeah, it is difficult. It is difficult. Um, I think we, we haven't been too bad with it. I mean, we've, we've played a couple of games. So we played LA um, and we were lucky enough to be able to stay over on the West Coast before we played Utah the next week. Um, so we had a, a training camp up in Vegas, which was, which was, it was really good getting used to trying to get used to the, to the heat out there, but then also the altitude as well. Um, but I mean, speaking to a couple of the Seattle boys, I mean, they, when Seattle came over here to play us and we had an early kickoff, it was something like nine o'clock in their, in their time zone. Um, which the, the only way you can get over that is by leaving earlier, but then you sacrifice training days. Yeah. Um, so obviously it, is, it does, everybody has to suffer from it. Um, just because the country's so big. Um, I mean, uh, I haven't been into many countries where you can take a couple hour flight and you're into a different time zone. So, um, it is, it is hard. It is hard. And that's where you as a professional have to try and stick to your routine and, and sort of be able to adjust and you use that plane journey to, to try and adjust your uh, your sleep pattern or something like that. But uh, it is, it is very hard, you know, it, It'll, everyone's got to do it, so you can't complain too much. Absolutely, that's no. You're correct, and I think as we see a little bit of expansion into the Midwest and the center of the country with MLR teams, um, you'll sure up that conference schedule a little more, and you'll I think you'll have less of the crossings. You know, maybe you only have one or two in a season instead of maybe three or four that we're having now because we only have X amount of teams and and sixteen matches we want to play. Um, but let's look forward to 2022. Um, you know, OGs right now, they're not, they're not in the position they want to be in, uh, overall in the standings. And, you know, that's just how rugby is sometimes. Um, but in order for OGs to take a step forward, run pass or kick is about more of the gelling as a team, that team synergy, or is it maybe acquiring some key players on the roster next year? Uh, I think it's a bit both, you know, um, I don't think we're there as much of a culture as we want it to be. Um, and it took us a bit too long to, to figure that, that out, which um, obviously once you've once you have figured it out, it's it's a bit too late. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the boys are still together. We're still we're still being a family, and we're still trying to stay as a tight knit group. Um, and obviously, every year you you've got to you've got to bring new players and you've got to bring in fresh faces um, to to help improve and get new ideas. Obviously, it's quite hard if you're to bring in new ideas if you've been at the club for for a little while. So. Someone coming in from a different side, if that's someone from, from Houston or someone from the Premiership, you know, whoever it is, it's, it's new ideas and something that you might have not thought that way. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I think COVID, we, we've seen it with a lot of the teams, especially in the first five weeks, how COVID was such a detriment to um, getting that 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 trust, that synergy, you know, a lot of the nine, 10 exchanges were a little iffy. Those first couple of matches you had, you know, a lot of the forwards were maybe getting offloads that they weren't sure about because you, whether it was lack of training, whether it was lack of preseason matches, it just, you know, in the situation we were in, this is, this is what the kind of rugby we had to watch. And, and, you know, it's good. Now I feel like we're going into the last quarter of the season and the rugby has been just getting better and better and better. And you can see that through the score lines and these tight matches and these back and forth matches. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the big one to look at, you look at LA, you look at LA came in and, and started putting 40, 50 points on teams. Uh, and now you look at them in the back half of the season and they're all their games are a lot closer and they've lost a couple as well. So, you know, that's where teams start to get their gel. They're starting to understand each other a, little, a lot more and how to play with each other uh, and, and how they want to play. So, you know, for a, for a season that got off to such a rocky start, as in from COVID, um, you know, it got delayed by three months. Um, people didn't get a full preseason. People, uh, for us, example, we had a COVID scare um, the week of NOLA. So then we, we only got one day of training um, before we had to fly down and then, and then go and play. So, you know, from where, once again, from where we were at the start of the season, not just us as Old Glory, but the whole MLR, everyone's come on leaps and bounds and it's just becoming more and more and ex- more exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. before Rob gets to his next question, sorry to interrupt Rob. I know I'm taking up all no, the camera time here. Um, Ty has a good question. Um, our buddy Ty. And he says, what do you think the MLR has done really well? And what do you think they can improve upon? 
Um, <laughs> there's a few things, obviously. It's, it's still a new, um, a new league. Uh, a big thing for me is uh, HIA um, being, bringing in the head injury assessment. Um, I think it's, it's quite irresponsible for a league to, to start in a, up a contact sport and not bring in something to do with concussions. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen in the past what that can do to people. Um, I think that's a that's a big thing, especially in in, in today's culture uh, and how how physical the game is. So I think that's a big thing for me is bringing in a, a HIA assessment and bringing in if if you see something happening, then it's up to the ref or coaches um, or the fourth official to pull that player off for health and safety reasons. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but then also I, th I think what they have done well is um, the refs have been chopping and changing. So I don't think you have the same ref more, more than three times in the league in the season. I think it's really, really good that they, they're able to chop and change them so much. Um, yeah, so obviously there's things to improve on, but then there's also things that are doing well. And I'm going to jump in on Rob again. Sorry, Rob. For those fans that may not know, so the, the head injury assessment by – um, shut up, Nola. Is that Nola, Rob? Or is that, <laughs> no, no, that was, uh, that was my neighbor. <laughs> I was going at the wrong dog. Rob has a doggy named Nola, I thought. It was but anyway, the head injury assessment um, um, right now, MLR doesn't have it. Um, and it's what it is, it's an independent um, uh, doctor on the field, essentially, uh, conducting um, tests if, you, if, you, if you're deemed to have a head injury. And Two things that happens with that. Um, one, um, obviously, the player gets treated right away for a head injury, and as we know, um, you know that could be that could mean life or death sometimes. You know, I mean, we, we've had we've seen guys come off the the rugby pitch with a brain bleed, um, and they've been saved because of HIA protocols. And then the other thing is, it gets us in in into what World Rugby is doing. If somebody comes off the pitch because they think there's a head injury, they can be cleared to then come back on the pitch, and now you're not down that 14th man that we saw. Uh, with uh, the Seattle, I mean, sorry, the San Diego uh, Utah match two weeks ago, where for 15 minutes, you know, San Diego was at a loss because they don't have that protocol and they couldn't be brought back on. So, I mean, I think it's twofold um, that HIA thing. Sorry, I just wanted to explain that for fans who may not know what HIA is. No, I think it's a it's a big part of of rugby and where rugby's going. Um, I mean, we've all seen some of the hits that go in, um, and obviously some some of them aren't, aren't legal, but some of them are. But just the amount of force that some of the players go through is uh, is is so important. I think on my on my behalf as a player, I want to feel safe and and obviously as a player, I'm there. I want to be playing as much as possible. So no matter when, if I'm being concussed, I'm still going to say I'm fine to play, even when I'm not, because that's just the mentality. You're competitive. You want to play on, but you need someone who's not your own doctor, somebody to say you are not right and you are coming off this field. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that's that's the only way we could do it because we can't trust we can't trust the guys who want to go one hundred percent. Unfortunately, and it's just uh, it's to it's to your benefit. It's to your benefit. Definitely, and it, it's particularly hard as a player, like you said, Stan. You know, as a player, you want to play as much as possible. I mean, even when we were playing men's club, we weren't even getting paid to do it, but we wanted to be out there playing. And you know, you have to have somebody advocating for you that's looking out for your welfare and best interest. And uh, I think it's definitely uh, an important point you bring up. Thank you so much for advocating for the players in this regard because it is an important piece. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of your countrymen. Uh, obviously, you you hail from England. You played for the U twenties uh, and represented England. Uh, which one of your run pass or kick? Which one of your countrymen has played the best in the twenty twenty one MLR season? Oh, um, Ross Neal has been playing very well for Seattle. Mm -hmm. Harry Barlow well. for uh, for New, for New England. He's been playing pretty well. Um, Outstanding. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'd probably say Ross Neal, mate. He's, um, you know, he's he, he's a centre who's playing in the back three as well. So he's he's versatile and he's he's a unit. <laughs> he is a unit. Yeah. I think he's about my height, but fast. Yeah, he's quick. No, you're right. And and to be honest, you know, he's he's put that. You know, San Diego has. It seems to. Oh, I mean, um, Seattle is always always right there, and I think you know he's kept them in all those matches. You know, and and the way he plays that hard charging mentality is is 
building up that synergy that Seattle had lost early on in the season. Um, before we get to the last question, um, I, we just want to say again, Stan, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's, it's really fun. I mean, you, you have some great answers, man. You're, you're a friggin' hoot. And uh, before, before we, before we ask the last question, if you want to give a shout out to somebody, a charity, you know, rep your, your brother's uh, uh, um, company again, this, it's your time to shine. Uh, no, yeah, obviously uh, FPS Arborist. If anyone's over in England, then yeah, definitely, uh, definitely use them. They're classed. Uh, a charity uh, very close to my heart is the Seb Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. It's in uh, memory of uh, one of my friends who passed away a few years ago. Um, and the whole point is to allow less fortunate kids to go to one of the best private schools in England called Wellington College um, and allow them to play rugby at a standard that they would never been able to uh, get to because they couldn't afford the fees. Um, so this charity helps pay for the um, school funding, uh, and allows them to play rugby, and then hopefully get picked up uh, by a, uh, by academy in the Premiership, um, which I think we've got one, maybe two people through so far. Um, so yeah, if you could support that, that'd be outstanding. Uh, they're on uh, Twitter, um, is them for their main sphere. That'd be yeah, ideal for me. And we're gonna we'll add some links in uh, when we're done with this uh, interview, so you, you'll see it at the bottom of the description if you guys want to help out with that that charity near and dear to Stan's heart. Um, you know, it's 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 always good. I don't I don't think we've had a player on who hasn't had some type of charity close to their heart, and it's good to see you know the values of rugby and helping the community are always in the forethought of, of every player and every administrator. Gary Gold, whoever we have on, whether it's a Rugby Canada. Uh, coach whether it's you know who a women's team player you know it's always about what can they do for the community and and we really appreciate that especially you know me and rob you know we're we're deep into our own local community so we we love that commitment you have um so last question uh this is a this is a big one big one uh united states and canada will take on england in the next few weeks um clearly england will not have their full complement of players due to the lions tour um so run pass or kick what result do you expect from Rugby Canada and the USA when they play against England? Oh, I think it'll be, it'll be a crime if I uh, if I don't go for England, isn't it? So I reckon <laughs> both games. I bet, I bet reckon uh, both games uh, England will win, um, but I feel like I'm not too sure what the scores will be. But what I really want to see is England put some of the, the young boys that they haven't uh, haven't had an opportunity so far. I really want them to give, get, get a shot. For example, Alex Dunbrandt, Margaret Smith, Joe Simmons, um, some of those young, young boys. Well, I say young, about my age. But the guys <laughs> that haven't, haven't had the – well, have had the opportunity but haven't been able to, to push forward because they've had people like uh, Farrell or Sam Simmons in front of them. So – I think that'll be that'll be class. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to play out. I'm going to say England by 30 points both games. Both games. Wow, I, wow, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I think me and Rob. I mean, we, me and Rob have talked about it at length, and I think we have this. We we are saying the same thing about the Rugby Canada squad and the Eagle squad. Um, we think put that both teams have a set of young sets of young backs. Put the backs out there and just friggin' let them roll. You know, let them play. Let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You never. Well, you know, and point, it, yeah, 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 and it's kind of funny you talk about England. I mean, when you have such a successful team like England, you, the the I I know Eddie Jones always feels like he has to put the best product. I mean, the the most mature, ready, best standard product out there, and it it sometimes it's difficult to find places to begin to bring in young players who need to get a shot, uh, and and get some caps behind them so that you're ready for 2023, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You look at someone like um, Atoje, someone who who's locked down his spot for yeah. at least the next three years. Let's say at least three years. Mm-hmm. For someone who's a young second row in England, you're thinking, how am I supposed to knock him off his spot? What do I have to do? I mean, I haven't got the answer. I, I definitely, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know what you have to do. You'd have to play the best rugby you can. But for somebody who's got that experience as well who's not only gone on line tour, but his second line tour as well, but he's also near enough captain there. He, or he's up there with one of the captaincies. Um, so, you know, he's a hard person to knock off, and that's throughout the entire England squad. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, you, that's where, where do you draw the line? Where do you start bringing in the young players to, 
to take out the older older or more experienced players, um, which I think that's it's a hard job. It's a hard job. I, I wouldn't like it. No. I mean, and, and, I think and let's face it, too. I was going to say, let's face it, too. You know, uh, who knows? Uh, you who don't knows? wish anything bad upon uh, Morrow, but what happens in a World Cup cycle if he has a serious injury? You need guys that are that are ready made to step in. Exactly. Yeah. So, what you don't want is someone who's making their first cap into a uh, right. a quarterfinal of a of a World Cup. Right. Well, you know, uh, Gary Gold, call me up. You know where to find me, buddy. If anything ever happens. <laughs> 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 so quick. Oh. It'll be it'll be awesome, but uh, Stan, thank you so much again for coming on. This has been great. Um, you, you you know you 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 passed when you needed to, and you kicked a few back to us. And we always love answering those kick questions. Me and Rob in particular love it when we get questions kicked back to us. We always have something in the chamber. And for those of you fans who are looking, you know, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, YouTube, iTunes, follow us on social media at Rugby Rant Pod. Um, on all platforms, including TikTok, where I do some funny, um, some funny, uh, yeah, I do some funny videos. Members of of our fandom. Oh, I have to download TikTok now just to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mostly making fun of guys like Larome, who Larome White was uh, was watching before. Shout out to Larome, I love you, buddy. Um, but yeah, f- please rate, review, subscribe, follow us on social media at Rugby Rant Pod for our rant episodes. We are on TRN on Friday mornings. If you want to catch the entire rant, ep- rant episode, which includes the game analysis, you can follow us on Facebook the night before Thursday night. We drop it again. Listen to us. You know, ask us questions. We love interacting with the fans. Come on, you guys. You're seeing we had a lot of fan questions tonight, so let's keep it happening next Monday. Um, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt for Stan South, the lock for OGDC, and our buddy Ty Braga, who couldn't be with uh, with us here tonight. Uh, we bid you guys adieu, and we'll see you all at the next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.